0: Yeah, so I think it's really important to understand the sunk cost fallacy, where sometimes people think, oh, well, we've invested so much time in doing this this way, so we got to keep doing it. It's like, no, no, that time and energy's been spent, so yeah. you need to move on as quickly as possible.
1: Welcome to the Culture Gooder podcast with Stephen Leese and Sean Tinney. This podcast is a behind-the-shades look at creating and changing culture inside of Gooder Sunglasses. You can live with the status quo, you can challenge the status quo, or you can do what we do at Gooder and status the quo challenge. All right. So what's up, Steven? What's up, Sean? Well, we're in a different room than we've ever been in with a different setup. But, uh, what
0: gives? Well, we never did video podcasts until this November. Yeah. And <clears throat> when we first saw them, I realized, oh we need to improve these. And it was nobody's fault. It was really just our inexperience. The room we chose was really cool, but it put us too close together. I wore sunglasses for the open read and was really disconnecting to the audience. And I just kind of, we realized that as I was watching this back, I'm like, oh, our original podcast format was amazing for audio only. But now that we offer... Uh, visual along with it, we need to change things up. So at Gooder, we change things on the fly. So here we are.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, like you said, we do change a lot of things really quickly. Everything's constantly shifting. I would say the only constant really is change. Yep. <laughs> uh, maybe talk about some of the things that change a lot versus the things that don't.
0: Yeah. So I think it's really important to understand the sunk cost fallacy where sometimes people think, oh, well, we've invested so much time in doing this this way, so we got to keep doing it. It's like, no, no, that time and energy's been spent. So yeah. you need to move on as quickly as possible. There are a bunch of things like TWC, our weekly staff meeting. We have a 10-minute uh, meeting afterwards. We call it OWLS, which stands for Opportunity, uh, Weaknesses, Losses, and uh, Next Actions. This just doesn't matter. It's a stupid acronym, right. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but every so every time we have a staff meeting, Everybody who's involved gives a quick uh, feedback loop about it. Oh, we like this. We didn't like that. So that we are changing every week. Slight tweaks, right? Really, really minor tweaks. AMP, our quarterly review system, every quarter we do it, we make slight tweaks. It yeah. used to be we made bigger ones because yeah. it was new. And now, right, they're they're really, really minor. And so those are things that we do regularly. We get better at it. I mean, imagine if you're in a play you get notes after every performance, right? And you just, you're not becoming a new character. You're realizing, oh, I need to tweak that line. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a dancer, oh, hey, you're not hitting that move in that song. And so, th- so a lot of our things, we're really good at that. At And then sometimes we will just scrap stuff mm-hmm. if it is not good. Uh, personally, I do it for talks. We have cut the mold. We have we have went to tooling and build the mold on three different models, got them back and been like, this is not right and killed it. And so- we, will, we have the ability here to change things quickly, and we often do.
1: Yeah, for sure. So to that end, uh, you built the sort of NASA framework, we call it. I know we've covered that in depth in other yeah. episodes, but can you give just a quick high level for that?
0: Yeah, so NASA, you know, NASA, if, 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 any, if any of our listeners hears us talk about going to the moon or all the space analogies, that came from a couple years ago of good a sort of rapid growth. We basically grow 50% close year over year. And so we're going to the moon, good as a rocket ship and we're heading towards the moon. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that we were really struggling with and realized this uh, earlier this year was we were not good at using insights. We have a ton of data over the past seven years. So we, we need to be better at using our insights. We need to be better at agility. So uh, the best plans always have to be changed. So mm-hmm. making sure that we are excited to make change, we are not uh, annoyed to make change. Uh, we need to make sure things scale as we keep growing. Some of the biggest issues are we're not asking ourselves, "Can we scale? What is the scale model?" <clears throat> and then the fourth thing that we really need to focus on here is accountability. So, right, so that that uh, that acronym is NASA: insights. Drop the I because we're gooder, and that's just <laughs> what we do. <laughs> insights, agility, scalability, accountability, and rolled that out. And it's really something we look at all the time. And what's really important is they're kind of all equally weighted. It's easier to jump to one or the other, but Mm. you know, today we're gonna talk about agility because I think a lot of times brands fail because they're unwilling to change quickly. They just get, Stuck in cement.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, I think, uh, what we call owls, most people call like a postmortem. Or yeah, like a SWAT, mortem SWAT. Yeah, yeah, totally. I always thought that was weird because post mortem means it's, like, it's, it it's <laughs> dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, killed yeah. Killed it. it <laughs> That's not yeah. good. Uh, but in, in the end mm. for NASA, we're essentially saying, okay, what were those things we learned? How can we use those now to move this thing forward starting from what we've learned in the past?
0: Yeah, exactly. And sometimes there's hard data, right? When we're planning colors to buy. We can look at hard data and trace it back. And so that's easy. And I think that's a lot of times that people think about with insights, but there's a lot of just visual insights, Mm -hmm. right? I watched the episode and I thought to myself, I'm disconnected from the audience because I'm wearing sunglasses. Okay. I don't need any data. I'm feel, I this feels wrong to me. Yeah. And so that is like a really important thing that there's so many insights that we can gain just from personal experience. We don't need to Mind data. Sometimes you do. I mean, you know, when you're doing financials and planning for, you know, SKUs, you should, but right. a lot of times you can just go on feeling. Yeah. There's charts, graphs, and then there's like, eh, it just seems off. Yeah, it seems off, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh you know, if you've ever a lot of our a lot of our brand and our culture is built on insights. It's mm-hmm. built on, I worked for a company that didn't have that. That sucked. That they didn't do quarterly reviews. That right. sucked, so we're gonna do them. Yeah. Or I work for a company that Didn't that you spent two hours a day cleaning out your email? That sucked. We're gonna do Slack, right? Yeah, we don't need to do. We don't need to look at you know uh, Excel sheets to determine those insights, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So we're both poker
1: players. Yeah. In poker, they say uh, don't throw in good money after bad, right? For sure. No no one to fold them or whatever. So like, what what would be some uh, gooder version of that concept applied to uh, to what we're doing here?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, I'll go down the product hole a little bit more. We we release one model ish a year, sometimes mm-hmm. two. And when you re- when you create a new model in sunglasses, basically start with an idea, then you create a concept, and then we do some three D prints. And three D prints are good, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we get to a place where we're like, "Yep, this is good to go." And we hand it over to our factory, and they create a mold. Right? Mm-hmm. They create an actual mold that gets you know pu- you know a uh, plastic gets injected into. Yeah, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. And usually by the time you go to the mold, you should be at the final product. Mm -hmm. But three times we've gotten it back and it was not good. Uh, The first one was uh, basically what turned out being the PHG. We were trying to do the PHG in 2019. The Rapti that we released this year, the first version of that, it just, the the design language was off. Um, I don't want to go too nerdy on this, but the, the, the design feel of the front did not match the arms. And so we had to kill it and push the launch six months. Yeah. And, you know, that there was a lot of time, a lot of energy um spent in there, right? So um it would be easy to say, well, we did that, so we should launch it. And it's like, no, no, no. You know, so the back to like, don't throw good money after bad. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we still have to sell this product and take photographs and live with it. Yeah. um That is- that is an insane amount of effort. Uh, that is an amount of effort to to not pull the plug on it immediately and move past it. Yeah. And so I think I think a lot of times we, as people, the, you know, the the collective we, uh, we're okay with good enough and uh, with something like product, it, it's got to be right because <laughs> you're going to live with it for a long time because there's a physical thing. So yeah, that, that that's that's one that's one story, and that's just. That mentality kind of bleeds through everything.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's probably comforting to hear for people, right? Like, oh, this company actually cares about the stuff they create. They're not going to be like, all right, close enough, ship it. You know. Yeah. It's like that's not good enough. Send it back.
0: I mean, when's the last time you spent a ton of work on a project and then just sh- threw it in the trash? <laughs> I feel like I've been doing that on repeat with
1: my <laughs> recent amp update. I'm like, it's got to be perfect. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Well, at some point, it's going to have to be done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? And this is this is the, that is the balance of done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. really important, and also you know, we take pride in our work and we're professionals. And so, um, done is better than perfect does not mean sloppy, right? Does not mean garbage. It yeah. means, hey, uh, fight the resistance, right? Fight, uh, uh, Pressfield, right? Like Stephen Pressfield, fight, fr- fight yeah, like yeah. that resistance to be perfect, to procrastinate. So f- fight against procrastination to get something out, but know when you need to take pride in your work and mm. when you don't. Yeah. Right, you always need pride in your work. Learn to understand, um, when, when it, when, when nothing's perfect. When is good enough? Right,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was one thing where I, uh, we always say done is better than perfect, but the product team is like, perfect is done. <laughs> yeah, All <laughs> <Like, I'm not laughs> right. that's yeah. fair. Well played guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If we were to look at big projects we've canceled. So you're, you're talking about products, right? Yeah. Um, there's also been a number of projects uh, within the brand that got pretty far along and then we're like, you know what, it, it doesn't make sense to keep going down this path. Is there anything
0: that comes to mind for you there? I'm sure you have some. Uh, I will, uh, a a couple things. One thing we always say here is what was good for Gooder in 2016 is different than 17 and 18 and 20 21 and 23. And so there's a lot of things here we've stopped doing. And I think that from internally, we always, we even think to ourselves, oh, well, we've always done it that way. And then we find ourselves... Ending that, mm-hmm. so I mean, a, a couple things that spring to mind. We, I mean, until uh, next year, we're moving to the trimester system. Yeah. So it's the, every we've been on the quarter system. So once a quarter, we do amp, gooder stock, all of our important meetings. We realize we got good enough at them that we can do. We can move from a quarter system to a trimesterly system. Yeah. So that's we already made. The, we already made the plans to do that. We, I mean, how we've launched product, we've run. We have we have redone that process in infinite amount of times. Actually, I don't even quite know how many. Uh, we used to go, I'm trying to think of, do you have any off the top of your head? Uh, co-brands, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we used to do, we used to have a custom program here called Co-brands. And so for our listeners, back in 2000, man, I think it, maybe the first one was in late 2016 uh, or late 2017. It's getting fuzzy in my brain. But we were working with, at that time we got reached out to by Saucony mm-hmm. and by Strava, and asked like, "Oh, could we put our logos on your glasses?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And and we had a 300 unit minimum, and we did it for them. And at that time, 300 selling 300 units at once was you know like 20 of our month. Yeah, right. It was a huge, huge deal, and it made a lot of sense. And so we started a co brand program, mm-hmm. and we ran that from basically 2017. Uh, until January this year. In January this year, looked at it, a uh, bunch of people gave me feedback on it and realized this is not profitable anymore. It's fucking up our logistics. It's actually not great margin. We are seeing our logo on stuff that we don't really like. We're becoming mm-hmm. more of a comp. And so we killed it and we killed it and took seven digits worth of projected revenue off the books. Yeah, And that hurt but what would hurt more is to keep doing something that does not work, right? That is the throwing the good after mm-hmm. throwing good money after bad. Yeah, right. and and right, and that that was a a big thing that that we ended, and it was the right move.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, you know nobody wants to appear inconsistent, but because things change constantly, um, it helps to be able to just go we just changed our minds on this. Or like, I recognize we were fully invested in this direction, but actually we're going to go over here. So how do you manage those kinds of conversations, just knowing like a lot of it, it kind of feels like stoppy, starty, but it's all in a one cohesive direction.
0: Yeah. How do you make sure people don't have shiny new syndrome, uh, SOS, uh, (laughs) shiny object syndrome? Yeah. Right. Because that is a, that is a real thing. Also, that's how people procrastinate, Mm -hmm. man. I think that it, it really depends. So on things we do like clockwork, we are so consistent on our staff meetings and our review system and these big um, milestones we have. And what's nice about that, it actually frees us to say, hey, let's try this this time. And if it doesn't work, we'll fix it next time. Yeah. So that's a, that's a freeing feeling because we always know. Uh, recently, I don't want to go too into it. We have this thing at Goodershaw called speed dating. And we just got we got we got too big for everybody in the company to do it in the way we used to do it. And so Hansy came to me and asked, uh, you know, hey, what do you love about speed dating? And so a little more context: during Gooderstock, there used to be a moment. Used to be everybody would have three minutes of the company. They'd have a walk-up song. They go they go to the front of the conference room and they would talk about uh, their favorite uh, projects they worked on this past quarter. And then there was some fun stuff. And then we grew to fifty people and we got it to like ninety seconds. And then. 80 people and we're at one minute and then we're out 120 people and we just, we can't do it the same way we used <laughs> right. to. It was just too much time. And I, I, I told Hansi, like it's like, Hey, all I really care about is that somebody has like a moment for themselves. And if you if you live into that, everything else can change. And I said to her, I go, and if you try something and it doesn't work, we'll just fix it next quarter. Yeah. That's why it's really important to be able to do stuff on repeat because then you you can chase it. So back but back to your question at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Is somebody changing something because it's not good for the customer? Mm-hmm. Is some and the customer could be the employees at Gooder? It could yeah. be our customer, could be our global distributors. Is somebody changing something because they're not could because it's not good to the customer? or because they don't want to do the work, right? And I think that is the hard thing as leaders, you need to you need to kind of suss out mm-hmm. with people on your team. What are your thoughts yeah. there? Yeah. Uh
1: well, I immediately I was thinking that is an awesome way to describe uh the potential for change because you're saying these are the things that we need to have in there. The rest is up to you. Like right, you're you're painting done what needs to be included and then you're offering complete autonomy for the, for the rest of the path. Also with a like if it doesn't work that's okay, we'll just try again.
0: Yeah, right? that's yeah. okay too. Yeah, This is nuanced. It's not cut or dry. You can't mm-hmm. do this on everything. And there are times, even personally, uh, where I can learn, I can recognize, all right, are you avoiding this because you're trying to be a perfectionist? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you saying no to this because it's a lot of hard work? Mm-hmm. What it, like, what's going on? Yeah. And I was doing a talk over the summer, creating a talk, and I was really dragging my feet on putting together this talk. I was going to get on stage in front of 400 people and I was I was way far behind and I what I realized in that moment, I had changed it a bunch of times and what I realized in that moment was I was giving a talk on in-store experiences in the cabana, which is, you know, we have our own experiential store. Yeah. And it was the first time I've actually ever talked about that in public. Usually when I do talks, it's about entrepreneurship, it's about culture, it's about marketing and sales. It's right, it's so it's that umbrella And my procrastination there, and my changing stuff around, wasn't because it was going to be a better user experience. It was because I felt insecure Mm. about talking about something I'm not necessarily an authority on. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, right? So as soon as I recognized that, I could push through it. Mm -hmm. And and, but sure, there were times where I'm like, "Well, you can just change the topic of this talk if you want to." Right. (laughs) And and so right, that is like that is the work that we all have to do is understanding why are why are you changing it if you're changing it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I've also heard you
1: say uh, no part of me is going to allow me to walk up on stage with nothing prepared so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no part of me yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, so some of our departments like events especially have checkpoints built into this side uh, whether they should pull the ripcord or not um what uh how do you think about approaching projects where it's like do we have a built-in decision matrix for how this will unfold or do we just yeah. Let it go and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, so for our listeners out there, we're really good at planning ahead of time, right? Uh, I think now to launch a product, it's like a 64-week calendar where we start cons- conceptualizing it 64 weeks, in, not once weeks, 64-week calendar. And it's amazing, although things always change, right? Even the best plans, yeah. uh, what is it, the best plans? Uh, there's a laid away. laid plans, Go to waste doesn't matter.
1: Um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth,
0: and and so you have to be able to change. But really, the understanding is when is it worth stressing the team out over it, and mm-hmm. when is it not? So events is one thing that we have. A, we have a it's a ripcord uh, policy, and basically, depending on the size of the event, there's a handful of milestones, and you know it needs to be pitched this far in advance and if we don't have our our x locked down by eight weeks out we pull the rip cord mm-hmm. and so we have a handful of milestones where we will just kill a project because we got behind or doesn't make sense anymore and that's really really important events are easy because there's a hard date yeah you know a product launch as long as it's not tied to like valentine's day you can push it right and be like hey we were going to launch this in July. Now we need to push it to September. So that thing you can push, but something like actually us showing up to an event, we have what's called a, we have a ripcord mm-hmm. uh a policy. And at certain times we will just kill the event because we fucked around. Yeah. And that's really, really important too. I know that the event has a hardcore policy. There's a number of other things like that. I mean, for TWC, every week you have to have your slides in by I think noon on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have everything in on noon on Monday. So if you don't, and this will happen every once in a while, you go on stage and you realize your shit's not there. <laughs> and it takes about one time of you doing that, and they, that that's a hard policy because there's a whole team that's putting together our weekly staff meeting. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to them to like like let other people walk on their time because they didn't plan ahead. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's there's a bunch of these. There's probably other ones. Like you can, is anything you can think of? Uh, well, I was just thinking like stuff that's
1: built into processes is mostly around like things like you said, like products uh, or events. But the rest of it is internal. So we're not really gonna cancel something. We might just say, okay, how does this shift whatever else is going on? Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's
0: a lot of rollover, right? So we we onboard in um in classes. So we'll have. Five dates a year that people Mm -hmm. are starting at Gooder, and there's a whole process where you have to pitch a role and it gets posted, and there's interview. But there are points in there where we have to pull the Mm ripcord, and it doesn't necessarily get canceled. It just gets moved to the next hiring date, right? But it's a very similar thing because at a certain point, there's too much stress involved, or we just don't have the right candidates. Yeah, right. So this is like this is being agile. This is oh yeah, we're we're agile with our hiring. Every time we onboard. We do onboarding reviews, right? With the people who just yeah. came in. You were you just in the most recent one? Yep, sure so like, What's something that came out of there that we're gonna change? Like this is this is this just happened?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's always it's it's great to get the feedback. There's always something where it's like, oh, you know, we love connection calls or whatever. And then someone will say like, connection calls are great, but I'm not sure there's enough time or communicated how clearly how many people work here and how long that's gonna take to do. And it's like, all right, well, we feel we're messaging repeating that, but we can double down one more time yeah. on that. Uh, there was one really good one that's escaping me now, um, but yeah, like every the every time someone new comes in, they have a fresh perspective, and so yeah. to capture that fr- perspective while it's still fresh, and like, hey, you know, you just completed this three months of onboarding. What was that experience like? That is like another version of of our kind of owls, right? One hundred percent. What's a win? What would you change? Um, and then we always ask, Do you still want to work for good? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we got yeses across the board so far. But rabbit,
0: this is. I think hiring and onboarding is a really good example of you can rapidly change stuff if you're actively seeking the feedback yep. and you do it enough times. Also, every quarter we do a launch review. And so I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, but there's basically a scorecard for every single product launch. We do 100 launches a year with 200 products attached to it. And every quarter we look at all the launches and we have metrics. All right, how did it perform uh, social? How did it perform with ads? How did uh, did it perform on gooder.com how much how well did it perform with our retailers Mm -hmm. we have goals and metrics that we set did the design did the final product look like the design and we just we talk about it and it's basically another version of owls but for product and so we're constantly looking at that and we're tweaking we're we're just getting better and better and it's never a seismic shift Mm that'll be like oh yeah we didn't take that into consideration oh you know what we bought too many of those. If we would have bought a little bit less, we would have actually said this launch as a success. So, yeah. they sh- so, so there is a bunch of things like that, that that come in here, and and it's really easy to just put your head down and like be a lemming and live in groundhog day. Mm-hmm. But way more fun to constantly be changing things. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. So I'm guessing those insights end up as the insight checklist for another product that's similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right where this one just springs to mind, you know, we launched a product and it did well compared to other things like it. We just bought too many. We just overestimated mm-hmm. what how many we thought we were going to sell. And so planning's in that room, and so they're taking notes and they're saying like, "All right, cool. So next time we do something like this and this time of year, we are going to adjust our purchasing." Mm-hmm. And and then we're like, "Cool, problem solved. Let's move on. Let's, yeah, we don't need to." We don't need to dwell about this.
1: Yeah, right on. Oh, that's great. I think you said it well. Like the, it's just a mindset of wanting to improve, improve the user experience with the least amount of stress possible, right? That, that's the whole point.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. How do we, well, I, there's, a, there's a bunch here, but it is, how, user experience is key. And I think understanding that, that who, is, who is your client. So when we're hiring, it is everybody that we're interviewing, like that is the client. Like those people aren't even on our staff yet. Yeah. Onboarding, it's every new hire. That's the client. Or a photo shoot. Well, it's the customers. All right. Did, did the photo shoot match what we wanted it to? Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. And so this is just all OWL's agility. It's like, how do we just get the end product better and better and better? And the other thing that I think people should really get hyped about, it just makes your job more fun mm-hmm. because you are constantly tweaking it. You're never, you know, and, and that's a really fun place to live. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um Along those lines, I've heard you say in different contexts, basically like read the room, right? Do you yeah. double down or do you cancel something? <laughs> so if you're if you're given a talk or it's like you know four p m on a Thursday during PDA, like you've got choices. so talk through some of those scenarios for us.
0: Yeah, you know, I speak uh, in front of people a lot, speak in front of the company a lot, and we do a quarterly meeting called PDA in this last PDA. It's three day. It's all day Tuesday, all day Thursday, half day Friday, and Everybody's just exhausted. They were exhausted at the company, and instead of us doing our normal agenda on Friday, I, I was like, "Hey, here's what we're going to do instead. We are going to completely trash it and do it this way." Mm-hmm. And that's that was really, really important because I'm looking out in everybody's eye and thinking, "We're not going to get productive work done, right? Like, what? Like, why would we throw good money after bed? Why yeah. would we waste everybody's time? We're better off completely. We're better off canceling the day and letting people sleep." Um, and, and that, that's a really, really important thing. Also, if you ever are doing a talk and you look at a room and people are falling asleep, that's on you. You gotta, you gotta pull the ripcord on that. You gotta do something drastic, uh, to get their attention. You're like, I am not going to read the rest of these bullet points. Let's just (laughs) get to the fun part. (laughs) Exactly. So reading the room is really, really important in all contexts.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember that particular Friday I was like, all right, I can hold it down. I can hold this together. And you were like, Hey, we're just gonna scrap this. This is what we're gonna do instead. Everybody's gonna go home in an hour, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, All right, I can make it an hour." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. Worked out great. Well, because
0: I think sometimes people just grind to grind. I mean, hey, you wouldn't, we know when it's time to grind. Yeah. Like, th- usually that's not a surprise, and so when you're exhausted and it's not, you give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the like double down or cancel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you you find yourself at that crossroads you've got to be able to make the decision and that is where the gut instinct comes in. Yeah. Kind of when we were we were prepping for this, right, you were talking about um, your decision matrix for yeah. this exact thing um, and you were saying, like, what can you control with the resources you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've only got so many fucks to give and then how, like, autonomous are you, like, in the situation, right? Yeah. So how do you apply that? Can you apply that to a particular situation so that, uh, just to make it clear?
0: Yeah, I mean, I need to be very mindful of how agile I want the company to be because everybody essentially will do what I say mm-hmm. and you know sometimes if I'm not aware that puts an insane amount of stress on. So are some practical examples. If I'm working on a talk, it's my talk and I'm working on it, I have numerous times worked 20, 30, 40 hours on a talk and thrown it in the trash and started over. Yeah. Well, that's my time. Yeah. You know, I'm not really uh I'm not putting much stress on anybody else at that moment. I may have to ask for a little more time before I get my final presentation in, mm-hmm. but in that moment, I'm just, I am wearing all of the stress in that. So that's completely okay. Uh, then there's the other things of taking stuff away, right? So like we talk about that meeting, it's way easier to be agile and say, Hey, we're going to not do that, mm-hmm. right? Because that you're actually relieving stress. You're creating more slack in the line. So that agility is really, really um, easy to do. Yeah, it's really important. It's kind of a gift. But the thing everyone needs to be mindful of is when do you when is it worth a fire drill and where, when is it not? Mm-hmm. So this podcast is a perfect example. We realized wanted to change it up, and was it two weeks two weeks ago? Was it how how long ago was the uh, was was it like about maybe two weeks? Yeah, like two weeks from this record day was like hey we want to change the room we want to add things switch things up so it was enough time I, mean, I actually looked at it practically i'm like i'm like there's enough time for us to make these changes the changes are in the realm of possibility it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't hey we want a fully designed out custom studio with x y and z and and so if i would have had the realization and we were recording the next week we would have either just done it the old way, or we would have. I would have said, "Hey, can we push the recording X far down the road?" Mm-hmm. And so there is an there. You need to understand how much stress are you putting on, and who are you putting the stress on? Can they handle it? Right? It, because other otherwise, you're just an asshole, <laughs> right? I mean, otherwise, that's just what's going on. And and so uh, and I think the last point on this, I, I'm really good at. I'm okay killing my own ideas and killing my own. You know, like 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 i not my own real, I don't have a child, but like, you know, I'm like, you know, a product become like your little baby and you want to take care of it. And it's like, sometimes people just have a hard time killing it. Like yeah. I don't. Yeah. And the more you kill it, the easier it becomes. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think those are like kind of the, the, big things people need to navigate is if it's your own time, we'll do what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are creating slack by your agility, that's good. You can kind of do that ad hoc and you should. And then if you need something to change, and you want to be super agile, ask yourself, you know, is there enough bandwidth to make this change effective? And if not, revisit how you approach that because the last thing you want to do is just run in there, um uh you know, run in there just uninformed and and you 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 you're you think you're making things better, but you're actually just making things worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned it earlier, but but
1: the idea that uh, what worked for Gooder in 2016, 2017 doesn't work in 18, 19, 20. I feel like when you uh, say that, you're giving yourself and the rest of us permission to change. Yeah. Which is something that doesn't always feel obvious, uh, but it, it's something that you've used consistently. Is there anything else like that, or maybe just want to talk about that, um, that you would advise people when it comes to staying agile? So they're they're kind of stuck in one way of doing things and they want to shake it up.
0: Man, I mean, I I think a couple of things spring to mind. One, we'll talk about the context of Gooder. This is a really, I think, hard thing for a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders to fully recognize, but a lot of times when you, the people you start a company with and help you get to, you know, 20 people and 30 people and 40 people, a lot of times, not all those people are going to be the people that are going to take you Mm -hmm. um, to 100 people, 150 people, or insert revenue number. yeah. And that's a, that's a really hard one because you have to, that point you're basically, you have to uh, either get rid of people. You have to bring people in with experience and put them over top of people. Mm -hmm. That is a really hard thing that is very, very real. We are not, um, we have lived through that. And so that one, obviously you need to do with a lot more thought and tact, but it's a really important thing and understanding that, I mean, we, have killed numerous teams here at Gooder, mm-hmm. right? In the past couple of years. And people who like like, like uh, Puppet Masters come to mind, right? And 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 I think they're they we didn't we didn't get rid of the roles. We just needed to reshift the teams because that team and department did not work in our current ecosystem. Right. So yeah, I think those are like the people ones are the hardest ones. And then I think the ones that as a leader you should be really understanding is how do you need to, how are you evaluating and evolving your role in what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to tell me to do something else. It's on me to understand, oh, as a leader, what is my, what is my next level up? And I, for example, I, I, I can be, I'm really good at a lot of times of being agile, like, oh, pulling my focus, but really I'm at a place where we got to this level because like I can put my head down and grind. Like mm-hmm. I can grind. I know I can grind. I had two jobs um, um, until I was, I never had, did not have two jobs until I was 35 years old. Yeah, And so I know that what the skill I am trying to cultivate actively is how do I not grind? How do I <laughs> not have my head down and walk forward? How do I keep my head up and look around and like live in a little bit of a little more uncertainty or a little less like hardcore bro- progress and box checking? Mm-hmm. And so I am also having to be agile and like, evolve on the fly and yeah. that is that's a really important thing I mean, the reason i verbalize it this isn't the first time i said it i verbalize it to people around me so that they hold me accountable for mm-hmm. it because that, that's what i need
1: yeah for sure yeah. well and that requires your, a willingness to step into uncertainty right yeah. and that comes with fear because it's the unknown however that also means it contains all possibility right so if you're willing to to let go of something that you're very familiar with and go into unfamiliar territory you can get brand new things that you didn't know were there yeah Yeah, for
0: sure, and it you know everything's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. This this company, a product launch, us as people, and it's 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 actually uh, really good to change. Agreed. Yeah, (laughs) it's really good. (laughs) All right. Well,
1: uh, anything you want to answer again or didn't get
0: to bring up? Uh, I mean, give us an example of uh, you know two things you've been super had to be super agile on this year. Oh, uh well, culture mastery we shifted that completely from
1: one thing to another yeah. um uh, between April and then I think June and then from June it was 100% different than we've ever done it before. Yeah. Uh and then amp. So our our quarterly review system, we in the first um month of this year, it went from being amp week, which we'd had for all time prior yeah. to being amp month. Yeah. it, it uh, Like bled over to a month and I think it even made it into two months, which yeah. is like, man, if you're doing a quarterly review and it takes a month and a half, that's not good. Yeah. Right? So we got to change that. So we were like, all right, wh- what can we do to make this agile and scalable? You know, we're drawing from the insights of, well, a month is not a week, so that's not good, yeah. right? Uh, so we, we looked at all that and shifted it up and we ended up cr- coming up with this idea of AMP quarterbacks. It's, we just need someone to run that meeting and we can train those people and, and that will infinitely scale up, right? So, we, it, it was one of those things where it's like, it's not obvious that it doesn't work until it fully breaks. Yeah, <laughs> And then we're like, okay, well, shh, put the pieces out here. Well, we're still going to do reviews. That's going to happen. We still need these people in the reviews. Um, but do we need these ones in? No, we don't. Those are interchangeable. Boom, fix that. And then it all worked.
0: Yeah, right. So uh, two things uh, I think that are worth noting on that. One is we switched from, we used to always do AMP, you know, AMP week. And we switched it, like, well, let's just pull it out over a month so it gives more time. And we were, you know, we were agile, right? We, we we switched that, it didn't work, and we came back. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, is we also give ourselves permission to go back to things. Mm-hmm. I think that's, a, right, I think that is, actually, think about that. A lot of times yeah. people, uh, they're kind of like, well, we, we we change it. It's like, yeah, well, we changed it and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Let's just change it back. Yeah. And that's, that's okay, too. I think that that's actually something we didn't talk about at all today, but- that is really important. If you if you're like, we're just gonna try something new, and what's the worst? Mm-hmm. We go back. Yeah, and and I think that's an okay thing too. Sometimes we're really good at verbalizing it beforehand, and sometimes I think people think that you know the you think you're a failure because you're like, well, I'm not gonna change it back. It's like, or you're just really you just have a lot of courage and you tried something different and it didn't work.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, another one that comes to mind is peer reviews. We and. When we Thought of it, we're like, This sounds great, it's gonna work out fine. Yeah, I did a bunch of research, like, did all these things, like, Yeah, this, that, and the other thing. Super light questions, just easy, you know, star answers, no problem. And then everyone was like, What is this? Who's gonna read it? Is yeah. this going on my permanent record? I yeah. don't even know how to answer this. Like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we might try it again later, but not next time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 100%, 100%.
0: And then the last point, um, when you talked about the whole culture mastery, that was a thing that we recognized we need to change, but we gave ourselves. The space there, right? Yeah. We're like, hey, I think we, t- I think we had a working session maybe in March, identified it, came back in April, put it into effect in July. Yeah. And so, um, agile does not mean you change today, right? Right. I mean, changing a, you know, our culture mastery, doing it in a four or five month period is insanely fast. Yeah. But that is, but but that it was appropriately fast and gave us enough time. And so, I think for the listeners out there, just understanding that. Uh, agile does not mean today. Sometimes agile means uh, a day, a week, a month, a year, and, and and that's okay. What is the size of the project, and and understand what is what is agile comparatively to to that to the work that needs to be done.
1: Yeah, right. And what's the opportunity cost if you keep it the way it is, or pause it for a little while, and change it later, like that? Just looking at the investment of yeah. time and money, and go, all right, well, is it okay to change it? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I think we're good here. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Stephen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, be excellent to each other. Thanks for listening to the Culture Gooder podcast. To submit questions for the podcast, learn more about our culture, and learn how you can status the quote challenge, head over to gooder.com slash culture. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, including on YouTube, where you can now watch all of our new episodes. Who knows, you might even catch a glimpse of Carl at our headquarters if he's not already passed out at the tiki bar from all the margaritas.